Season finale of season two. It is Friday, December 11th, and this is the season finale episode. I know I haven't recorded one in a couple weeks because that's how I roll sporadically. When the mood hits, that's when I record a pod. And uh, tonight, I'm going to give you, I'm hoping to give you the longest one I ever have because you're not going to hear one from me for probably a couple months because thankfully, Monday starts basketball season for me at Seekong High School. It's been my sixth year. Definitely looking forward to this group. Great seniors, good underclassmen, and we're just pumped to have a season. It's going to obviously look different. We're playing half our schedule. We normally play 20 games. We are playing only 10 non-conference games. I'm sorry, nine conference games against one one game against everyone in the conference. And then we're going to be seeded into a single elimination SCC tournament. So while it's different and it's not as many games and we have to wear masks, the players have to wear masks, there's no jump balls, there's no baseline out of bounds, um, you can only have four people in there on a free throw, there's going to be no halftime, the game is going to seem a little different, and there's no fans, which is not a bad thing really, only two, um, two spectators allowed for per player at home and none on the road, so hopefully we get some sort of streaming option. But, yeah, I'm excited. Nevertheless, excited to get going on Monday. I thought last year we really underachieved, so I've kind of beaten myself up over it. In the offseason, we had a really good roster last year, but our league was really, really good. So, you know, we end, we finished um, probably towards the, the bottom of the league. Um, a lot of good games, a lot of close games. We had a couple upsets. We should have swept Wareham. Instead, we got swept by a total of like four points, and they were the best team in the league. So, you know, I think we were better than what our record was. But anyways, I digress. I am ready to get going on Monday. Um, what else I've been up to is started a little flag football league at the old Sherwood one on Saturday afternoons, which has been really fun. Um, well, week, week one was, week two tomorrow, see how that goes. And um, my son Cody had a really good flag season in the fall. He's seven now, and he was uh, pretty dominant. He had like 15 touchdowns, was definitely a top three or four kid in the league. Um, you know, we lost in the playoffs, but he really came out of his shell. So, and then my little guy, not my little guy, my second oldest, Jack, did well. As a kindergartner, scored a touchdown, scored some extra points. So they're getting into football, which I love. Um, you know, much rather have them do that than soccer, but whatever, whatever they like, I support. So I got that going on, running that with Mike Vance and with big help from Nick Cash and Kevin Bradley, Mark Eddy, Pete Tanina, a lot of other guys um, are, are contributing. Um, so we got that going on. And I know Tori hates when I talk about this, but with my ever-long trying to get in shape journey, still in the mid-170s, upper 170s, I just can't seem to break through. 
I've been doing Apple Watch challenges with Joe Spano for a long time, and I'm smoking him. So, these past couple weeks, I reached out to some heavy hitters. Last week, had a great battle with Sarah Vance, where we tied. We had we each had seven straight perfect days. And then, you know, we're in a battle right now. I think we're on day three or four, where we each have perfect days. She's really into the Peloton, so we're pushing each other. And I'm getting a Peloton in February. So, you know, hopefully that will help me break through the lower 170s, upper 160s, so where I probably should be. And then I reached out and I challenged one of the most in-shape guys in Seekonk that I know, Jose and Vega. Didn't even, didn't even talk to him about it. Just I thought about it one day. I, I saw him one wearing the Apple Watch at my brother's house, and I see the workouts he does online, so... I figure if I got to push myself, I got to go up against one of the best. So I uh, sent him a challenge who he quickly accepted because that's the type of guy he is. And uh, we're having a battle now as well. But anyways, I am somebody that typically likes to get in the Christmas spirit early. Like I'm the type of guy that will put the Christmas tree up in the end of November and start listening to Christmas music December 1st. But 2020 has pretty much messed up everything. And we were a little late this year getting the tree up. And I really haven't fully gotten in the Christmas spirit. So I'm hoping this segment kind of injects some jolliness into me. And last year... On Christmas, I went to Facebook. A little controversial, but it got a lot of interaction. I ranked my top 35 Christmas songs. And I revisited that today. And in this segment, I'm going to revise my list, but I'm going to break it down and just give you my top 10 Christmas songs. And that criteria is just... My top 10, okay, the ones I like the most, they do something for me. And that's how anyone should judge their favorite Christmas songs. So I have Tori here again for this segment, and she doesn't know. I'm not letting her look at my list. No, he literally covered it up like 45 times when I walked by. Because <laughs> I want this to be organic. I'm going to drop some songs on you. Okay. And I hope that... My podcast doesn't get pulled for licensing because I'm going to play some of these songs, at least in the background. Um, I'm going to start off with this. Most people like what they've known, what they've grown up on, and I'm certainly like that. So when these new Christmas songs come out, I'm not always receptive of them. I think everyone or a lot of people are probably in that boat, right? I mean, would you agree, like, a new Christmas song, you're like, okay, maybe give it a chance, maybe not. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, okay. it depends who is singing it, but yeah. So, this, I'm going to give you one new Christmas song that I like to start the podcast, to, I mean, to start the segment. And they played it live at the Macy's Day Parade, and I was like, oh, that's not bad. Then I heard it a few times in my car, I'm like, oh, I kind of like this. And it's nostalgic for me because it's like a, a band from the early 2000s, late 90s. The Goo Goo Dolls. 
Okay. Have you I heard like, this song I yet? I love Blue right. Dolls. I don't know. Probably not. All right. So let's give this song a listen for a second because it's kind of like classic Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, it reminds me of another song. Doesn't this sound like Black Balloon a little bit? Yeah, 100%. So what I'm going to say is, if you're going to give a song a chance, this Christmas, this is Christmas by the Google Dolls. Give it a spin. Let's like sway it. back and forth. Yeah, I like it. Put your lighters in the air for the Google Dolls. Do you think you would like it as much as it wasn't Google Dolls? No. <laughs> if this was exactly. like, if this was Joe That's Blow. That's why I said to you, yeah. it depends who's singing it. Yeah. If it's like, like Taylor Swift had a new Christmas song last year, not to go back to Taylor, but no, it was yes. really good, Christmas Tree Farm. And I'm, you're right, I'm usually like, eh, new songs, whatever, I don't need that. But I really liked it. It was great. So yes, this is Christmas by the Google Dolls. Give it a chance. All right, so... It was very hard for me to narrow this down to 10. So before I even get to my top 10, I'm going to give you some honorable mentions. Oh right? <laughs> Tori. Who's going to listen to all this? Everybody. All right. I love this song. Rockin' Around the Rockin Christmas, Christmas Tree, Tree by Brenda Lee. This automatically brings Christmas you where? Uh, Home Alone. Yes. Home Alone, yep. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, he's, he's... Pulling all the strings. Yep, Michael Jordan's going around the train tracks. Yep, having his big party. So classic. Okay, honorable mention. Okay. Uh, what? Home Alone. Home Alone. Running through the airport. So, so we're at that age, right? We're like in our 30s where obviously we grew up on Home Alone. So all yeah. these... All here, running through the airport, right? Our kids actually watch it today. They love it too. So it's like we're back in it. Yeah. I mean, this. I mean, I know the song. I'm just. Bobby Helms. Jingle Bell Rock. Oh, uh, Mean Girls. That's what I think of. I just think it's. No? Uh, for me, it reminds me of Christmas Eve at my parents' house when I was a kid. I don't know why. I mean. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic song, song, and this is the best version, in my opinion. I felt like you were looking at me like I needed to give like an answer, no. but this is, this is not is this not the song that they do that Mean Girls thing to? They kick the radio off the stage. You would They're know, dressed like Santa Claus, like you, like slutty Santas. You would know better than me. It's, it's this one. Oh, you're not gonna like this one. Oh, Gwen Stefani. I almost, and, oh, I almost like this song because you don't, in a weird way. <laughs> that makes sense. We do that to each other sometimes. <laughs> you hate the Blake, Shelton, and Gwen Stefani relationship so much yes. that it almost does make me like this song more. But so, this song is good. I actually like their, it's not a Christmas song that they sing, but it's a song that they came out with recently. I forget what it's called. You know, they, they have four million songs together. Like, get over it. That, that's what I hate about them. Like, we fucking know you like each other. Seriously, like, just stop the PDA and the BS. Like, I can't stand it anymore. I'm over it. Oh, yeah, that's what the two people love each other. <laughs> I just don't like when they push it in your face. That's my problem. Oh, yeah. Anyways, it's a great Christmas song. It's yeah. one of these newer it's ones. It's catchy. I'll give you it. It's catchy. It's catchy. Classic. Great song. 
Bruce Springsteen live version. Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, it's great. Reminds me of the Power Hour, really. Oh. If anything else, yeah. I wish I could still have access to my old Power Hours. The Christmas Power Hour was classic. Yeah. I'll figure, I'll figure out a way to make a new one. We're still in honorable so mention. Yes. Okay. Another good one, for sure. So John Lennon. Just a classic. This makes you, you know, it's a staple. Yeah. I just want to keep singing these songs, and I'm not letting myself. My voice is so bad. <laughs> All right. Last honorable mention. All Alone on Christmas by Darlene Love. Because it hits I know you. it. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of a build-up I'm surprised up that this is, like, in your other I mean, it's good. I just would never have thought of it. Like, it wouldn't have popped up really? in my radar. Yeah. As you know like, what? I'm going to let you listen to the first verse. I mean. It's great. I'm not saying it's not yeah. good. I just, it's not like a classic, you know? I think it is. I don't think. I like Whatever. it. It's great. It's All right. a great song. So, this I is mean, are there really any Christmas songs that suck? Like, I don't well, know. They're all good. They yes, all make you jolly yes. and happy. There is one song that sucks. All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey. And if I'm done with that song. And I said this last year on my Facebook post. And it doesn't it was, suck, Alex. Listen, That's it was met with resistance. Say. That should not be on anybody's top 10, top 20 list anymore. Why though? It's Give just me a reason. so it's so played out. Like I'm sick of Mariah Carey. Who cares? I'm sick it's of a that great song. freaking song. It's a that's a that's that is the ultimate Christmas song. And I thought that. Remember like when I had that power hour, that was number one and I played the whole song. But I'm just I'm, it's just it's jumped the shark. It's I don't think so. Total... I think like it's not even like it's not as played as it used to be. Thank God. Like, maybe maybe it'll come back because it's suppressed a little bit because wow. all these other new I'm songs like are coming. I'm, like, very surprised that you have that opinion. I hate that song. That song... You hate it? I, you I said, hate you it. You just said it sucks and you hate it. Those I are, do. like, insane things to say about that song. I really do hate okay. that song. It's hey. just... It's played out. I'm, I'm tired That's of it. That's insane. You sound like me. You, like, to get taking things to the extreme over here. You usually well, don't do that. I know, but, hey, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a take sometimes. Right. And my take is... Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is a garbage song, and I'm done with it. So anyways, moving on to the top ten. And the first song that I'm going to put in at number ten, Last Christmas by Wham. Nope, that's not... How dare you. Okay. Yeah. Now this song... I like this song. When I was in high school, this... and I, If I made this list when I was in high school, this would have been number one. Um, all these songs are just, to me, signifies it's Christmas season. When you put on Light 105 or B101 in your car, and you hear this song, it's like, all right, it's time. It's time to get in the Christmas spirit. Yeah. So I like this song. Would this be in your top ten? I know you yeah. haven't given as much thought as that. No. no. Okay. Nope. Fair enough. Good song, though. I still like it. You're it, young. It wouldn't be in my top ten. Number nine. Alright, so number nine. Number nine is is gonna shock you. It probably I probably overrated it because right now I'm just so into it. It's a fairly new song 
but I like how it punches you right in the face. And this artist probably, not probably, uh, potentially is one of the best voices of our generation. Kelly Clarkson. I love when she just says, you're here, right in your your face. I didn't know what was coming, but I have heard this song. It's really good. Yeah. I love it. Maybe it's I feel like Kelly Clarkson is a beast. Yeah. She's everywhere right now. Physically, she's a huge beast. That's not what I meant. (laughs) She just works her ass off, and she's everywhere, and she she just got divorced. She hustles. I just, I'm happy for her. Maybe it's some... She's always happy, too. I like her, like, vibes. Yeah. Yeah. She's a good person. Yeah. And it could be some recency bias because this is not an old song. So every time right. I hear it, I'm like, oh, I'm not sick of this I song. I do yet. like this song. Can I ask you something? Sure. This is totally off topic. Do you think people can hear us over this music playing? Yes. Okay. Because I'm not going to play music in the background. I'm just going to do this. This is going to be a background okay. music. Or it might sound like shit. We'll find out. All right. All right. So this, this Number is Number eight, is this it? Number eight. So the next song... This song, I'm, I'm sick of this song getting a bad rap. I was about to say I'm sick of this song. No. And I talked about this with Spano, which you'll hear later in the podcast. This song, like, just... just like Last Christmas, reminds you that it's Christmas time. This is a classic staple. Eighth best Christmas song out there. Not even close. This is terrible song. You're such a millennial. It's not a great song. It's just not. Yes, it reminds me of Christmas. I don't hate it, but like, it's not even close to a top ten song. It's boring. It's like monotone. Like, just, no. You don't want to snap your fingers to it? No, not really. I'm not even, listen, how many songs have you put on where I'm actually starting dancing? Not this one. There. Alright, so I had a Bruce Springsteen song in the honorable mention. I moved this one up significantly from my list last year. Because I think it's... Of the two Bruce songs that are popular, this one's better. Merry Christmas, baby. Yeah, it's a great one. I like everything about it, I think. Yeah, a little bit of a lead-in, but... And I like how it's recorded live, so there's fans are actually good band. Um, trying to hit the post, but not gonna. Or am I? Yeah, nope. you got it. Oh. No, I didn't. Thanks. Okay, Bruce. I'm gonna let it play for Crick Minahan. Come on, say it, Bruce. Come on, fucking say it already. Bruce, come on. Merry Christmas, oh, there it is. Yeah, this is a really good song. Can't argue with that. Alright. What, what number was that, then? That's number seven. Okay. I'm probably right, going that's, that's to get closer to your wheelhouse now. Oh. I love this song, but it's way too long to list. What do you mean low? Would you, would you have this as one? Maybe. 
What about Mistletoe? This song is... Yeah, it's my favorite Christmas song, I think. It's movie number one. It is good. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> this one I, like, literally can't stop. I can't help myself from singing. I'm trying really hard not to. It's funny, because I was reading the comments from my list last year, and I had this out of my top ten. Oh, and someone awful. someone wrote on it, like, that even mutants dance to this song. Like, it's you just an infectious song. You can't help it. Song. Change it, because I can't say anything. All right, true, true, you cannot. All right, getting into the top five now. This was not easy. Number five, Elton John. Yeah, I really like this song Step into Christmas. Great song. I thought you'd have this, like, in your top three. Really? I think I did last year. I did some reshuffling. Yeah. All right. Well, it's still a top five, I guess. Great song. All right. Moving on to number four. So now, I'm like, as I'm going through my list in real time, I'm questioning it. But you know what? I really do <laughs> no, like... No, you tried really uh, hard on this freaking list. I know. You just better stick with it. All right. I'm going number four. This Christmas by Donny Hathaway. I went with some older joints in my top top list here. I know Tori's giving me a face. Uh, I just, I mean, it's not a bad song. I just well, hold on, right about now. Go. It's different. I mean, I guess your list is, uh, <laughs> why it's, I don't know. I don't know the word to describe it. Eclectic? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Maybe because I'm... But this song is not that good. What? Now that I'm listening to it. Here we go. It's probably Come just like nostalgic now. for you. It picks up now. Yeah. Nice. I really want to sing, but I know my voice is not good. Yeah, you see, you're lipping it over there. Alright, it picks up a little bit. I'll give it that. So that's I my... still don't think it's even close to being above insane. But okay. That's my opinion. Mm, it's debatable. Switch it. All right, number three. Please come home for Christmas by the Eagles. Bells will be Great song, classic. Yeah. This depressing. I think this is in a good place. Yeah. This number de- three. This depressing ass song would fit right in on Taylor Swift's new album. We are resisting the urge to sing right now because we know what we sound <laughs> Just, like. <laughs> I think this is in a good spot. I'm actually, I agree with this right. one. This good is, good yeah. song. All For right. Sure. Number two. This was my number one song last year. I switched it to number two this year. Christmas All Over Again by Tom Petty. I never got Tom Petty. I was never a fan growing up. I went to see him in concert, and I could not have been more bored. But as I've grown up and gotten older, I'm into Patty. And this song, last year was definitely my favorite. This year, you know, I only can't, one one spot back. I can't get on board with it being like this high up in the list, but I don't mind it. And that, you know, Tom Petty's Tom Petty. Like I get it, but I don't know. I don't see it as. This time. Hmm. I guess eh, it is a good song. I don't know. I'm surprised. 
I'm gonna be like surprised that you're number one, I guess. Yeah, you are. Because <laughs> it is That's what Christmas means to me by Stevie Wonder. This is the best Christmas song, at least to me this year. Okay. It could change year to year, as you can see. This is always a good one. It's got a good mix of upbeat, just kind of classic. Just makes you feel good, right? I, I do love I'm this dancing. One. I like all the songs we played tonight, except for one. I forget which one it was. I think I killed you on putting it on there. You didn't like... Simply having a wonderful Christmas time by Paul McCartney, and you obviously don't like Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani because yeah, you don't. But I do like that song. But you don't just you just root against a love story like Blake and Gwen. I get it. <laughs> but no, this song. I did notice that Benny's best song is uh, "Absent from the Lust." Oh, what is that song? I forget. Oh man, it's it's in Home Alone. I have to like think of it in my head. He can hum it, dude. And then, spoiler alert, um, Spano's favorite song is uh, Linus and Lucy from the Peanuts. I don't know that song. Okay, you I know the you wouldn't know that song. He'll sing it in a later segment. But anyways, I'm going to make a Apple Music Christmas playlist of my favorite probably a hundred Christmas songs. If you want a link, um, you let me know. Anyway, Stevie, play us out here. Let's deck the horse with Harley. Sing sweet silent now. Fill the tree with angel hair. Pretty, pretty nights. Go to sleep and wake up just before daylight. And all this things and more, baby. My inspiration for making podcasts, Mr. Joe Spano. What's up, buddy? What's up, Alex? You know, just your average wild Friday night, making some taco casserole, you know, getting kind of crazy tonight. How many uh, Heineken Zeros are you on? Oh, no, I've, I've upgraded to the new uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn Ale um, Hoppy, Hoppy, whatever it is. It's good. It's good stuff. I cannot believe you have not had a sip of alcohol since the end of August. I... Don't know if I think that's admirable. I'm jealous of you, or I just think you're a loser. I don't. I can't tell. Yeah, I'm a little bit of both, man. You know, obviously the stock in Pedia Light has dropped uh, since I've not been hungover for the last four months almost. But um, I just feel good. I feel great. It's uh, been good to just clear my head, man. Like just, just keeping uh, every morning. I just don't have an excuse not to get up out of bed and crush it. So, I hear which you, is. Man. Really not doing much. Uh, I, I I don't think you're a loser. I was just kidding. I know those days <laughs> that that one day a week where I woke up um, sober. That's it's. I get a lot more done in that one day than the other. <laughs> day, that's for sure. Um. So hey, man. This is uh the end of season two. I know you're one of my loyal listeners, good friend. Like I said, you're the reason why I downloaded this app and started doing it. What do you think? Was season two much better than season one? 
Absolutely. I think season two had everything we were expecting. And then you dropped that uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. I, I don't know <laughs> if you still have it online, but that was uh, that was one of my favorite episodes. I know you, you know, Tori wasn't happy about it, but um, that was just like that. was. I felt like I was with you on that ride. It was amazing. And I, and I totally understand, you know, your frustrations with Buffalo Wild Wings. It's just a tough, tough, tough gig, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think Tori was mad about it. I think I was more embarrassed listening back on it. But I was just so pissed. It was ridiculous. I've never seen a more incompetent place than Buffalo Wild Wings. And it's funny, like, just a couple of days ago, uh, Nick Cash texted me a long thing. He's like, dude, I canceled Buffalo Wild Wings way before you did. I, I hate that place. I'll never step foot in that place again. So, I don't know. Buffalo Wild Wings, they haven't been in Seacon very long. But they uh, haven't made a great impression on a lot of people around here. And to give them some defense, obviously, you're getting literally just crush because there's a good amount of people that just want to get takeout because they think it's dangerous to go to restaurants right. and then there's people that are in there and then there's just like it's just like a mess and you know i've been involved in some places that have gone down in flames it just happens but you got to come up with a better plan you got to be honest with your guest you know if you're going to wait an hour you got to let them know hey buddy like here's an hour go to the bar take a shot you know right these are the things i was just going to ask you that as somebody that's currently a general manager manager of a restaurant worked in this industry for over a decade now if someone's waiting there for over an hour for food the least you could do is throw them a beer yeah i mean legally you're not supposed to but obviously in some circumstances um you got to kind of bend the rules a little bit and whether it's you know get them drunk or get them some food and that goes a long way I, you just gotta be honest but unfortunately i'm sure the manager was too busy in the kitchen trying to bail out what was going on the manager was crying in the back yeah that you know it's just it's not for everybody man yeah. and I, I i would have just had a bunch of wings already fried and just toss you know it sucks but right. you gotta get the food out sometimes like subpar food is better than like no food for two hours so um i, hear you. I don't know so i listened to your podcast today so i was a day late and you said you were getting excited for that patriots game after watching it how disgusted were you I mean, I hate to say I didn't see it coming. I watched the the Rams versus the um, Cardinals. I think it was the, no. I watched the Rams versus the Bears game, and it was and like Nick okay. Foles just got absolutely bundled up. And I just kept saying like, "Wow, this defense is just amazing." And I I knew that the Pats were going to have problems. And I, I I obviously I'm not a big betting guy, but I was like, "Oh yeah, you got to take the under because our offense sucks, and I know their offense isn't that great." And I, I just thought it was going to be a somewhat a decent game. Um, and, you know, when they scored that touchdown on the first drive, which is, you know, the story of 2020 with the Patriots, they just suck so bad in that opening drive. Um, yeah, I was just it was just the most underwhelming game. It is what it is. I mean, yeah. it's just it sucks. I mean, Cam's just got to I mean, he I get you got to give everybody kind of some empathy because that line, that D line is just crazy. But yeah, horrible yeah. calls and shit like that. I just. <laughs> Yeah, the Rams are uh, the Rams are definitely formidable, and I thought going into the LA road trip that they had to take one, you know, that they would probably split. But then after you watch what they did this, you know, the Chargers, you kind of were a little hopeful going into last night. And then yeah, that first drive was an absolute killer. The first play was a killer. I mean, I remember it vividly. Goff with the play action fake to I think Higby for like twenty yards. That's just totally a kick in the balls right to start the game, and. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I oof, I don't know. I'm trying to get behind Cam, and I don't think everything's his fault, but he's certainly not making things better. And, you know, against 
And I know Belichick likes to defer to start every game, but they just cannot start down. They they are a front running team because then they'll make some plays on special teams. Then they can dial up their defense. Then they can go to conservative offense. When you get a deficit and you're the Pats, you can't get out of it because Cam Newton cannot throw the football. No, he you know it's 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 just he just has like it's almost like Lamar Jackson dealing with it too. It's, his mechanics are just horrible and. He's not finding any receivers. Like he'll he'll have some lucky plays, but I mean the guy really is just like an option quarterback, and it's so predictable. And I, I was so frustrated. I think it was the um, one of, one of the I don't know I forgot. It was the end of the second half where they they blew that fourth down. Um, oh, they were so just they ran did. it up the middle. Yeah, like, when, they, the, when they ran yeah. the option, dude, you got the best line in the yeah. friggin' decade right now with um, you know the, the dude. I can't even think of his name, but whatever they got in the D line. Yeah, I mean, one of the greatest D-lines, you know, we're going to see in a long time. And since, like, Warren sat for Christ's sakes. And you're going to run the ball on that line. It's just the worst play call. And honestly, like, I know Josh McDaniels might be a hot ticket. And he, they can have him. Like, it's not really – like, now that Brady's gone, you're not – you're seeing what Josh, Josh McDaniels is capable of. And it's not much, dude. Like, I haven't been impressed. It's happened all year where they've just tried running with Cam. And it's just – it's awful. Just dump the ball or just – tight end you know whatever like i, I just don't yeah, understand the why they... that's the thing like name their tight ends they really are depleted at the skill position so yeah i don't know i, I don't know where to put the blame i guess it's it's funny because belichick the coach has done a really good job this year but belichick the gm really made it hard for belichick the coach with this damn roster well I, he was honest though he's like you know we were contenders for the last 20 years and we've gained, yeah. given up a lot of picks just to get other players and you know, this is what happens. It's going to be, you know, we're looking at the Red Sox dealing with that right now, too. It's just, you can't be on top forever. And, you know, losing Brady, who kind of put a Band-Aid on a lot of problems, is right. just kind of exposing us this year. Great segue. We haven't talked about Alex Cora yet. Now, have you come around on the idea that he's back? Because I know you were vocal. You didn't want him. I wanted him because I think he can... Um, you know, tap into guys like Bogarts and Devers and Erod a little bit more than Renicky or maybe anyone else could because he's done it in the past. Now you said he's a cheater. Get him the hell out of here. Yeah, my feelings. Um, I mean, you know what? Going into next season, it's going to be another weird season. I think. I don't think there's going to be fans up until like May or June. So. I see the Red Sox just playing it safe. They still have a lot of loyalist Cora guys on that team. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of wanted to see some change, but it goes to show that like the ownership has more um, control of this team than um, the new GM has, which Heim obviously Bloom. I Heim Bloom. But, you know, that was probably what Theo Epstein had issues with and why he left to go to Chicago is just, you know, it's never really their team. It's the owner's team. So those guys like Cora, it's fine. You got a lot of guys that played for him. Hopefully we can attract some, you know, Houston Astro players like, um, uh, what's his name? Springer. I know he's on the market right now. I'd love to see him in a Sox uniform. And I know having Cora as a coach would help, you know, attract him over here. But, um, I mean, it is what it is. It's, you know, I believe in second chances too. So we'll give him a shot. Um, and we'll see how it goes. I, I would have him on a short leash, though. I wouldn't, you know, sign him for a long-year deal. Let's see what he does in this year or maybe next year. And if we got to find someone else, we can. Um, you know, of all things, like, he fits that new coach for the like, younger players, almost like uh, the coach last night for the Rams. Like, young guys. They're not like, like dicks like Belichick. 
their players coaches and they're slapping you on the butt and you know telling you good jobs so these are kind of what coaches are kind of heading towards these days um, in terms of the younger sensitive generation so I guess it does fit the mold and he does have a little bit of an edge to him too and you know when they beat the Yankees a couple years ago by a lot he you know in the parade he was very um celebratory of that and uh, yeah right yeah. when especially in baseball when you have to spend that much time together you kind of need someone loose and even francona was like that too to an extent i know he's an older guy and he has his rules and stuff but you know i think francona did a nice job of being a player's coach as well and um my last thing it's just here, the, wait, one more thing though it's just like sure. that the dirty stain of the cheating though will obviously always be there like he'll always have that reputation you know, it's but I mean these days, I guess you know it's all about. I mean, you could say the same thing about Belichick, though. I mean, but you still true. want him. I mean, he he wins for this area. Like we live in the moment. I'd rather have Belichick and all his baggage and Cora and mm-hmm. his baggage. You know. Well, you got you got Craig Carton back on the air too. You know how that's going on. So. <laughs> Second chances, baby. So um, <laughs> all right. So lastly, because I think I'm trying to make this a really long podcast to. Um, you know, because my 20 listeners aren't going to listen to me for a couple months here during the basketball yeah, we season. Yeah, got to give them the content. Yeah, got to give them the content. What is your – I'm putting you on the spot. You might have to think about it for a couple of seconds here, but your favorite Christmas song? I mean, oh, gosh, that's a good one. I really like that. Uh, and, I'll, you know, I'm hacking this up. It's like, Christmas time is here. <laughs> I love that song. Linus and it's so good. That, but <laughs> that's from Charlie you know, Brown. Yeah, but if we're going into like, um, you know, it, this is a hugely debated song. My second one would be, um, you know, and people can't stand it, but I love the Paul McCartney "Wonderful Christmas Time" song, Dude, and people you. call it the worst song of all time. It gets but such bad I, rap. It, it's awful, but it's it's legit, and it's definitely like when that song plays, like it's Christmas, you know. Thank you so much for saying that because. I'm doing a segment with my top 10 Christmas songs on this podcast, and that is on my list. And for that reason, not for that reason, but it does get a bad rap. It's it's bogus that people just bash that song, like Kirk Minahan and others. But um, it does. It reminds you that it's Christmas. Once you hear that song, you're right. Like, the seasons change. It's Christmas time once you hear Sir Paul McCartney. I'm with you, buddy. Yeah, it's lasted thirty something years now. So I mean, you got to give it the credit that it, it gets. Same with Last Christmas too. Like with with Wham, like that's another Dude, one. Come on, don't don't go through my whole list here. I'm sorry. I'm just <sighs> yeah. Those are the hits. And I will say the worst song is All I Want for Christmas Is You. Dude, it's just so played out. I, just get it out of here. You have <laughs> my whole segment. <laughs> my bad. All right. See you later, you drip. Thanks for having me on. No problem, buddy. Later. Peace. Well, she did it again. Taylor Swift dropped her second album of 2020. The title of it is... Evermore. Evermore. And you would describe that as the sister of something? The sister album to Folklore. 
actually saw a really funny meme of like Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. You know how they're really like hippie, like no folky vibe. Yes. They wear like flower crowns and stuff. Okay, so yeah, it yeah. was like them together and one of them was folklore and one of them was evermore. Funny. That's how I describe it. Interesting. So you've obviously listened to it how many times by now? Seven, eight? No, I think I'm at like five and a half. All right, so it's Friday night as we're recording this. When did it come out? Last night. Midnight. I started watching it at like, started watching, started listening to it at like 7 a.m. when I woke up. Okay. I didn't stay up for it or anything last night. And you're on I'm your... not that crazy. <laughs> Questionable. So if you didn't know, Tori is a huge Taylor Swift. Would you say, a uh, Taylor Swift fan, would you say that she's your favorite artist of like all time? Yeah, I think so. And how many, is this her 10th album? It's her ninth, ninth. album, yeah. And, and I've been with her since like day one. Like I'm hardcore. Like teardrops on the guitar. Yes. Like all of her albums. I I probably know every single one of her songs. If you actually, I mean, I'm not gonna like say I could. You could just give me one right now and I could tell you everything mm. about it. But if the song was playing, I probably know all the words. Impressive. That's that's dedication. That's um, loyalty to your yeah. to your queen. <laughs> and so you've said so you listened to it a, a few times already. Better yeah. or worse than the last album? So, initially, I thought for sure this is not as good as folklore. Like, it's just, it's not. And I think I would stick with that, so not, like, analysis of it. But it's growing on me every time. Like, I, I'm really into it now. See, when you played it for me, the first three songs, I loved every every song. I, I was know. like, okay, okay, a little different, but right. she sounds good. And, um, but then it, it did hit that middle of the album for me where it's like all these songs, kind of, like the vibe of the album is just kind of like, all right, it's, it's a little, yeah. I don't want to say boring, but it just seems like on one note. Yes, it's it's a slower like vibe. I think that's that was my thing is I always love her. She's the best lyricist. Like her lyrics are insane. The stories she tells are insane and just no one else can do it like her. But I needed to know the vibe of the album. So then once I got used to the fact that, okay, it's a slower, folkier, like almost like sad. I saw it described as almost gothy. Like some of the songs are a little bit like that. And I get that, but it works. And yeah. I think she's just evolving and I'm into it. But I will say like, if you're somebody who is into like the Taylor Swift pop stuff, even like her pop country, like her earlier country stuff, it's nothing like that. It's, I mean, in my opinion, it's better. But yeah, if, if that's if different. you just like that, do you think that there classic Taylor stuff? It's not really that vibe at all. Do you think that there will be a handful of hits on this album? Because I thought good question. I, I mean, I think you'll only—I probably only listened to half the songs, but I think two or three of them I could definitely envision being on the radio. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's at least a few hits on there. I think like. She did make a music video for Willow. You really liked that one. That was the first song mm -hmm. that came out. So she already has a video for that. So I'm assuming that's going to be like her poppier, like on the, you know, the hit list kind of radio thing. Mainstream. That's mainstream. mainstream. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, and then I think No Body, No Crime. I just played you that one. Yeah. That's it's cool. with Heim. They're featured on it. I think that might be on country radio. And I think on her, on Folklore, she put out a hit, like a single for country. And it did pretty well. It was called Betty. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know that it got in like the top 10 or anything on country radio, but that was her first attempt to get back into country radio for like years. So I think she's maybe like, hey, let me switch it here. Let me do them both. Yeah, I mean, Which she is can good. kind of do it all. I'm, I'm excited for her rap album. That's probably going to come out in 2021, right? Yeah, I think it might. It's featuring Kanye with some <laughs> tracks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I think I'm actually into the fact that this album has some country stuff on it. And it's actually like even more country than she has ever been, which I love because I just I love country. Like yeah. I like Garth. I like pop country, but I like old school country, too classic country i'm into it all so what what makes it more country than her past stuff is it like less electric guitar yeah i I mean i I don't know exactly like i don't know the less exact beats it doesn't sound so like done up commercially maybe yeah it's just more it's more folky yeah i guess i I don't know how else to describe it i'm not like music like you're right right. i mean without Okay, and, and neither am I. Maybe that was not a fair question because we don't know the proper terms. Yeah, but, I I, but I agree, like, with what you said, that it does kind of sound more it's like, more like something a, here. Yeah, like a deep George Strait kind of, like, yeah. vibe than, like, a Marin Morris. And Marin right, Morris right, is right. even more than than uh, Taylor in terms... She's more country than pop, but she's moving into that category. Gotcha. So, I don't know. So, I guess you'd recommend it. Well, <laughs> I guess I'd recommend it you know, if you're, if you want to like listen to the lyrics, if you want to hear Taylor Evolve, like she's just always amazing. She's, how did uh, Nagel describe her for you? Oh, Dan Nagel. Okay, that guy, I hope you listen to this. And if you know him, you understand. He uses his Facebook, like his Twitter feed. So he'll like Facebook status something seven times a day. And I think he put something to the effect that. Taylor Swift is playing his chess while everyone's playing checkers. Yes, that was good. And then I asked him to come on the podcast because he is passionate. He's a funny guy, if you if you know him. He is he is funny. And um, you know, he we were talking about the album a little bit. He called the album Fire and what else did he say? Oh, I think he said Taylor's the goat, which is well, I don't think true. Know, no? Yeah, me or something. Somebody like maybe that. said that in his comments. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He said he's gay for Tay. That's how we. Gay that's how we ended it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I love that about him. <laughs> I totally get that Nagel. Um, but yeah, no. I think like I don't know. I I think if you're if you're looking for the poppy, like if you're looking for the shake it off, like mm. big hits, this isn't the album for you. But I think it's worth a listen. I mean, I love it. I think and it's anything great. else there in your notes? Um. This is what. Okay, so. This is what I love right now is Tori has become big into podcast listening. Yes. So for sure. Okay, so let's let's move off Taylor Swift because okay. we you said it all and not everyone has heard it yet, and I think everyone will listen now if they weren't going to already because you're ringing so. endorsement. I really hope so. Of course you do, because she needs the money, <laughs> she needs the streams, she needs she No, needs she clicks. just she just has a way about her that I think you know what? I will say one more thing about it. I think it's a great album for twenty twenty. Like it's sad, but it's so relatable. Like, I think any person can just see how down to earth she is and how real she is. And she just has a way of like putting everything together for you that fits in with your life, no matter what stage you're in. This is going to be a, a, a funny, a weird segue, but 
speaking of people that keep it real, what's up with your affinity and love for Dave Portnoy these days? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I love him. Like, I feel like Taylor, Dave Portnoy, and Dawson's Creek are getting me through 2020. <laughs> and my wine, and, obviously. And you, you, your husband. Yes, you too. Yeah, yeah. you, yeah, for sure. Thanks, dude. <laughs> um, no, but honestly, like, I don't know. I just, I just think he's... Again, down to earth, real. Like, I just, I like his Dave Portnoy show podcast. I like BFFs. I watched the unboxing earlier in the <laughs> in the year. I was into that. You were like way into his pizza review last night. Yeah, I'm always, I always watch it. I just think he's funny and I just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't explain it. I just, okay. I'm going to put you on the spot with this one. If you could have dinner, okay, you have a reservation for four. You're one of them with okay. three other people. Would it be Taylor, Dave, Portnoy, and maybe one more person? Who would you want at that dinner? Scooter Braun. Why we, that's going to be so awkward, though. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so you get Scooter, who's in the middle of the call her daddy I and want, Taylor. I want to get it. I want to get all the scoop. But you're. But you hate awkward situations. That would you, would you would cringe all the time. I know, but it'd be funny. Like I think. Portnoy would take Taylor Swift's side. Of course, it would almost be like that. a three-on-one. Because you would, obviously. Yeah, obviously. And I think that that would be fun. But yeah, I don't know. I guess if I had to pick like my next person. Um, hmm, interesting. Some sort of gymnast. Oh, maybe Pacey Witter. What about Josh Jackson? Yeah. Well, but you couldn't. But you couldn't separate Josh Jackson and the cat. I can't. Yeah, you I can't. If it was Pacey Witter, I would totally have him there for sure. Um. Gosh. I don't know. I'm trying to think for you. <laughs> oh, what about like Kristen This was Cavallari? on the spot. Yeah, I actually love her too. <laughs> I watch her a lot. Um, Interesting. It'd be a weird dinner either way. Yeah, because, well, I think you would... Maybe I would have uh, Taylor's boyfriend, Joe Alwyn. Like, they're never in public. I would like to see their dynamic together. Interesting. So, we've been watching a lot of Dawson's Creek lately. Um, yep. Tons of it. I think we're on. What season are we on? Three, four. four. Season four. She, Best season. She's on season four. I'm probably. I I catch it here and there, and, and I I do sit and watch. But with basketball season coming on now, I'm probably not going to be able to watch as much. I'll be kind of uh, knuckles deep into that. But we did manage to squeeze in the series on HBO, The Undoing, starring Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman, and they're old. I think Hugh Grant's now 60 and he looks 60. Nicole Kidman's 53 and she looks good. Very, she looks great. She I looks think. great, but you know, her face is very pulled back and she might have some work done. Hugh Grant of is like. I mean, she's a celebrity. Hugh Grant's face looks like a wrinkly old ball bag. Like, But he still doesn't look bad. He's 60 no, years old. He doesn't look bad, but he's got really like a lot of crow's feet and when he smiles, you get like. But you know, yeah. you, can see a, the, you can see the that there's a. You can see that, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like you can see that there was a good-looking man in Hugh Grant yeah. at one point. Yeah. And you found the show to be great. I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would like recommend it to anybody. I liked it. I mean, at the end of every episode, the last ten minutes, it's like they hit you with this cliffhanger where you. Yeah, it's got to keep going. I think you we finished it in two nights. Two nights. We watched three episodes one night. Which is a lot for us. That was a lot. And it yeah. was, we Late paid nights. for it the next day. Yeah. 
But um, no, it was worth it. I thought the payoff was was pretty good. Yeah, it was I mean, a good everything job. gets resolved, and um, well, we decided not to give any spoilers. But I will spoil one thing. Um, there is one chick on the show who is an absolute psychopath, um, who gets naked a lot, and she <laughs> has a really smoking hot body. Agreed. Uh, yeah, can't argue with that. <laughs> All right. I think they talk about it on the show how great her boobs are. They aren't lying. <laughs> Yay! When I started this podcast over a year ago, I thought it would be just kind of an outlet for me to talk about basketball, talk about the Celtics, you know, watch a game, break it down. And it started like that. And I, I actually really enjoyed it. If you remember, those loyalists, I think I called the podcast Ball for Dummies, where I just watched some games, mostly Celtics games, um, took notes and talked about it. And then I uh, quickly realized no one gave a shit. So I switched formats a little bit and had some fun with it. And um, I had a lot of fun doing it this season. And uh, the only thing I regret is that I was going to do a podcast with Nick Valletta about the best wings in the area, kind of leading up into football season. And obviously with the way this year went, I never could really schedule out a time to do podcasts. So I would just do them when I felt like the time was right. And usually it was when I was pretty mad about something or after a Patriots game or Tor and I watched something and wanted to do a podcast. But all in all, I had a really good time. But with it being preseason NBA right around the corner, there's actually games on tonight. I will leave you with a little Celtics preview. Going back to my roots of the podcast, I'll make it quick because I know it's not for everybody, but I know there are people out there that listen just for my basketball takes, my Celtics takes. Maybe the casual fan wants to... uh, learn a little more about the team or what they watched because not to sound like a douche even though it's going to come off that way but as a basketball coach when I watch the games I'm not just watching them to see what happened I watch to see why it happened and why coaches are doing things and why teams are matching up this way and blah 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 I don't want to get caught in the weeds so just real quickly this NBA season obviously going to be a little different I think they expanded the rosters. I mean, if you look at the Celtics roster right now, they have like 18, 19 guys. And obviously they normally do that because they bring in a lot of guys to training camp, have some competitions, have a little battle during tryouts, during training camp, although you kind of know who's who. So the Celtics, they're going to start, I think. Kemba Walker, when he's healthy, he's hurt right now. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, who just signed this fat new max deal and it looks like he put on a little weight although he's got his hair back again which he didn't do well in the bubble so hopefully he shaves that soon and no roll with Daniel Tice at the five I, I'm pretty sure I would think the rotation guys Jeff Teague backup point guard great addition to the team Aaron Neesmith rookie who can really shoot and stretch the floor and is athletic Romeo Langford coming into his second year I know he's hurt right now but when he's ready I think he's going to be a rotation guy. Brad Stevens is high on him. I think he's on that Terry Rogier path of contributing a little bit more each season until maybe year three or four. 
is you know going to be worth a new contract. Grant Williams, who in his second year, I think will earn more minutes. He played a pivotal position, you know, played a pivotal role down the stretch in the playoffs as somebody who can uh, defend multiple positions, and he developed an outside shot. Obviously, Tristan Thompson, who was just signed, is going to play major minutes. If he doesn't start, he'll be one of the first guys off the bench. A guy who dominates the glass, blocks shots, switchable on defense. And the Time Lord, I believe in year three or four now, time for him to um, make an impact on this team. And then the depth guys, you got Semi Ojale, who I cannot believe is still on this team. I think he's going to be my Brad Wanamaker this year. Um, I hope we never really have to play him. And then Peyton Pritchard, who's a rookie. White dude out of Oregon. Kind of reminds me of Aaron Kraft from Ohio State or Matthew Delvadova, who's still in the NBA, who um, you know earned his money playing next to LeBron in Cleveland. Just a tough, gritty guard, um, but with some offensive ability. Marcus Smart's already on record saying he loves his competitiveness, so... You know, he's kind of cut from the same cloth as Marcus as a fierce competitor. And then Javante Green, who kind of showed some flashes last year as a wing guy, super athletic, talented guy. But I, I really don't know how they're going to be able to keep him unless they, unless the NBA does expand the rosters. And then you get the guys in the farm, meaning guys that will play in the G League or be on two-way contracts or just be straight up stashed in Europe. The guy that will be stashed is... Um, yeah, Mater. He was their second-round pick this year. And, um, yeah, I just... There's no thanks. Emil Jefferson, who played five years at Duke, was injured one year. His best year was playing with Tatum. So, listen, Tatum's the man now. You kind of have to placate to his needs. And if he wants Emil Jefferson around the team, you get Emil Jefferson. Big guy, good footwork. Um, again, he's probably going to mostly factor in in Maine. Taco Fall, we still have that guy. We still have that project. Seven foot six Taco Fall, who, you know, his last meaningful minute was when he was put in the game by Stevens against the Raptors, trying to deflect the sideline out of bounds pass. But instead, Kyle Lowry threw a perfect pass into, I don't know, I think it was Pascal Siakam for a three to lose that game. And that wasn't Pascal Siakam. I was, yeah, I can't think of the guy who made it. But anyways, and then you have those two midget guards from last year, Carson Edwards and Tremont Waters. I think Waters has something. He's um, a nice little player. I just don't, if, if Pritchard's better than him, and we already have Teague and Walker, I just don't know if we have a spot for Waters. And then Carson Edwards, who we had high hopes for in the beginning of the last season, hoping that he would be a spark off the bench, like an Eddie House, little short shooter. And it never really worked out for him. So anyways... Looking forward to the Celtics season. Looking forward to the Seacock Warriors season. And I had a lot of fun with season two of the LD show. And uh, see you guys in the spring.